Hello, welcome to Life Coaching on the Move. I'm your host, Dawn Fisk, coach, trainer, guest speaker, uh, podcaster. Welcome along. If you are new, thank you so much for giving this a go. And if you are a regular listener, then thank you for coming back. Um, I hope you find today's episode useful. It is all about our human need to feel a sense of belonging why we have that and what happens if we don't have that and what are the consequences. So I hope you find it useful today. Um, Please feel free to go back through the back catalogue of all sorts of different subject matter that we cover. Um, Perhaps start at number one to ten. They're the key ones. If you only listen to ten of the 125 then pick the first ten. It'll make sense when you listen to them, but feel free to listen to all 125. Please do put it on your social media if you like it. I don't have a marketing budget. I don't advertise and pay for adverts for it at all or have any sponsorship. So the only way I get the word out is by you all telling your friends about it. So if there's anything you could do, cut and paste, forward it, advertise it, speak to your friends about it, that would be massively helpful. Thank you so, so, so much. If you ever want to contact me about coaching or or um, a subject matter you'd like me to cover on the podcast or a question that you've got or or any of the workshops or the online programs that I've got or one-to-one coaching, then please do feel free to look at the website and contact me through that. The website for you to browse through is www.milestone-coaching.co.uk. Um, just drop me a line. It'd be lovely, lovely to hear back from you and to hear some feedback on what you think of the podcast. But in the meantime, I think it would be best that I just crack on straight away into this week's episode, all about the importance of feeling that you belong. I hope you enjoy it. So today's topic, I want to talk about belonging or the sense of belonging. Um, Where do you belong? Who do you belong to? Where do you find your sense of belonging? Where do you feel included um, in life? Because it is so key, it's so paramount to our well-being, our happiness, our uh, good mental health and our survival, actually. I would go so far as to say that because isolation is so so damaging loneliness is so um negative it's so unhealthy it's so unhelpful it's completely the opposite we need to feel that we belong somewhere we're accepted we're included we're cared for we identify with other similar people um and so this is why i think lockdown was so damaging particularly for teenagers um they suddenly at the moment almost every other if not more call and client that i'm getting at the moment are teenagers really having a a struggle really having a tough time parents ringing on their behalf could you please is there anything you could do for my 14 year old is there anything any help you could give my 18 year old i'm really worried about my son or my daughter is the huge amount of phone calls I'm getting at the moment. And why? Why are they struggling so much? And they really are struggling. The profile that I commonly get at the moment is my teenager's really withdrawn. I'm really worried. They're not chatting or getting involved. They sit in their room a lot. 
by themselves, they're gaming or just withdrawing or sat on YouTube, they're eating all the wrong things, they're not mixing, they're not getting involved, they're not happy, they're not conversing, um, they're not looking after their appearance and their hygiene, um, they're not getting involved in life, they don't have any motivation, they don't have any mojo, they don't have any interests other than just being by themselves and withdrawing, no optimism for the future, um, they get very anxious socially if we do make them go out or if they do have to go out to something, some activity at school, they get very, very stressed about exams, um, they're not really mixing with their friends anymore like they used to, they don't want their mates around, they don't want to go anywhere, they're not interested in life generally. That's the profile I'm getting at the moment. Um, maybe issues with anger, they're angry. Uh, we're having lots of family feuds. Um, they're resisting everything we suggest. They don't want to get involved with family dinners. Don't want to sit and watch TV with us or get involved with the family at all. They just want to be by themselves and left alone. Parents deeply worried about their teenagers. Um, and I often think, and it's true, isn't it, that we're only as happy as our children. If our children are struggling, I was working with a client recently um, on other things, very, very different things in their own life. And then right at the end of one meeting said, actually, this has really, really been helpful and I really appreciate that. However, the truth is I can't really address all of this until I sort my teenager out who's really troubling us and really we're really concerned about them uh, and that was the real problem because we can work on ourselves we can work on our um, whatever it is our weight our fitness our well-being our careers our own motivations our own goals but if we're deeply concerned about a teenager that is really, really going to hold us back. And, and it actually, I know from our own experience here, uh, the latter part of last year, um, my own son went through a terrible time, really, really awful time. And I actually didn't leave the house for three weeks because um, other than first thing in the morning for a dog walk when he was asleep, um, because I was deeply concerned about what I might find if I came back and what he might do um, when he hit his real low point. And it, it's a horrible, horrible time. It's You lose sleep. Um, it is all absorbing. You can't concentrate on anything else. You think of the worst. You fear the worst. Um, you desperately want to help, but you feel helpless. It's horrible. And so my heart absolutely goes out to families going through this. It is deeply troubling. Um, and I think at the root of it, there is this fundamental, humans fundamentally need to feel a sense of belonging, inclusion. This is why I think you know, if you just look at it on the surface, there are teams. Why do people support football teams and then wear their shirts and wear their scarves and, um, you know, have them hanging out with the car windows, you're driving up the motorway to watch them live and things like that, because you identify with it. You're part of a tribe. You look for people with similar uh, following, a similarity, an inclusion. Uh, you look for the 
the competition, them, them and us. And there's so much of a them and us at the moment. And there has been for a long time. There have been, a, you know, them and us through Brexit, them and us now with vaccines, them and us about who supports the Tories and who doesn't. And, you know, there's so much of this. Which group are you in and which are we the same do we have the same attitude and beliefs and interests or don't we? Is it, it, It's a real divide at the moment. And I think for the teenagers, just at a really vulnerable time of them identifying in groups and friendships and relationships, they were suddenly homeschooling, in lockdown, in isolation, when they should have been out there group, forming groups, forming little mini tribes of their friendships and, uh, you know, a gang is the wrong word, um, but who they were in with, who they were accepted with. And for teenagers in particular, it is so key. For them, overriding everything is a need. They may not be aware of it. We were teenagers. You and I weren't aware of it consciously, but there is, through evolution, a real, real innate need to fit in into our tribe quite literally through evolution we had to be accepted into the tribe for survival uh, we had to be part of that community and involved for um, hunting for gathering for reproduction for defense for um, nursing and sickness and for everything we couldn't be isolated we'd be very vulnerable if we were isolated and the human race would have been very vulnerable if we'd gone all gone out by ourselves and looked after just number one wouldn't have survived and that's so true still of teens they have to as part of growing up they have to attach and bond this is why it's so important to them and sometimes we lose sight of that we forget what it was like as a teenager but we need to have the latest clothes the latest trainers uh, the latest labels so or phone or whatever it is the latest I I remember buying a school rucksack for one of mine and then point blank refusing to use it no I'm not well they'll take the mick out of me I'm not wearing that I'm not using that rucksack would not entertain that idea because they'd have been picked on it was completely the wrong colour, the wrong style, the wrong label, um, wouldn't accept it. And I remember that myself, actually. I was only recalling this the other day. I remember going up to big school and getting all the requisite uh, school uniform. We were sent what my mum had to buy, the right colour, the right jumpers and skirts and things like that. And um, for the PE kit, there were various choices on trainers and plimsolls and things like that. Anyway, my mum... Uh, didn't we we did not have a lot of money as we grew up we were a family of four kids my dad didn't earn very much at all and so um that's not a sob story that's just a fact and so we were bought my sister and I were bought do you remember the old black plimsolls slip-on plimsolls dirt cheap I guess you bought them anywhere and everywhere they were uh, very very cheap she bought that for my PE kit so I turn up on day one and we have PE. Everybody else in the class had white lace-up PE, trainer, shoes, tennis things. I don't know what you call them. Um, trainers, I guess. I had black slip-on plimsolls. I was mortified. I was embarrassed. I still remember it now and I'm 56 or whatever I am. I can't remember. Um, yeah, 
you just feel an outcast. You feel you don't belong. You feel you're being looked at and judged. You at those plimsolls said so much and put you in such a vulnerable, rightly or wrongly, and it is wrong. It shouldn't be the case because it's very materialistic, but for teenagers, it is so important. And I've never really forgotten that. And whilst we don't, I, I hate material things. Cars don't interest me. Material things don't, the latest gadgets, I'm not bothered. As long as my phone works, I don't care what latest model it is. It doesn't interest me. I don't get happiness through those sorts of things. However, for teenagers, it is so important that they feel they are accepted and they belong and they're not isolated and they're not being picked on. And rightly or wrongly, the wrong trainers or the wrong coat or whatever it is can be massive. And I do admire parents who dig their heels in and say, no, you're not having that latest whatever. But I equally am very conscious of what wrongly what position that puts our kids in and how vulnerable they are and exposed to potential bullying and being picked on and so on it shouldn't be happening I know it it's wrong I know it shouldn't be happening but doesn't mean to say it's not happening It, it it definitely is um and I think whatever we can do ish as parents to help the children feel part of the group accepted um, whilst also explaining that it doesn't matter what we're wearing or what we've got or what we own that's not what's vital and being different is good Um, it's brilliant in fact we've also got to understand the risk there is a huge risk for them it feels very real that risk on an everyday basis if they're isolated and lonely and I think that's what lockdown did they were stuck at home by themselves they were online often with their cameras off because of risk assessment and litigation and all the rest of it and um, privacy and settings and da 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 my son's cameras all of them their cameras were off um, and so it was really just online sheets and um, presentations really it wasn't human beings interacting on zoom or teams um it was very impersonal and that was about all the input he was getting wasn't seeing his friends they didn't really do zoom or anything like we did our zoom quizzes and our zoom get togethers and things like that they weren't really doing that and i think this is why i'm so busy with really troubled anxious struggling depressed stressed teenagers now um also the other thing with teenagers is they don't know yet that this won't last forever and this is okay it's acceptable it's understandable and you will get through it and you can dig deep and find something within and find some resilience and bounce back and change it and take steps to improve it and um, make changes now that it's behind us. They don't know that. For them, it's been really about two years of their life. And if they're only 14 or 16 or something like that, two years is a massive part of their life that they've been locked down and they don't know yet. They don't have the tools or the the experience and the wisdom to know that nothing lasts forever. It will get better. You can learn from this. You can get stronger from this and tougher from this. They think the present moment is is it. That's it. This is what reality is. They don't see yet the future. It's very difficult for them to look five years ahead and imagine what that must be like 
we can do that because we've got the benefit of experience and we've been through the mill a little bit and had experiences and ups and downs. They don't know that yet. So I think that's why they are they have struggled perhaps much more than most of us adults. Some adults have had tough times and lost members of their family and loved ones and things like that. But for many of us, you know, we had to work from home and we had to go out and do some exercise and enjoy the sunshine. But other than that, it was an inconvenience to a certain point. Don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not playing that down at all. But much, perhaps less of a challenge than for the teens. Um, so... I think anything that you can do as a parent or if you're listening and you're a youngster to find and to grow a sense of belonging. I had a parent speak with me recently about a teenager they're worried about that's staying in their room and socially isolated and they barely see them and and they're really worried about their health and well-being. Um, And they're about to finish their uh, well, hopefully, sort of um, April, May time, they finish their exams and then they will go to college in September. And I really strongly urge that parent, you know, in that gap, I do believe last year when my son's GCSE results were submitted in May, he then had 16 weeks until his college started. So he in in apart from the fact that he hadn't been at the school and he hadn't taken the exams because of lockdown but he had um pretty much literally finished school or left school may june time and then was just at home for 16 weeks and if you're struggling at that point that's only going to get worse being at home for that length of time and it was only really when he got him or we got a part-time job for him in, um, you know, a local place. And he had a sense of purpose. We dragged him out um, against his better judgment um, to go outside and join me on a dog walk occasionally or um, booking tickets to take him to Thorpe Park with friends and driving him there and just getting him out with his friends, getting him some fun, um, letting a relationship that he'd had... um, He'd met somebody online and getting that to develop and become a real thing and support that in a healthy way um, so that his confidence could grow, his his friendships could grow, his relationship could grow. He did then eventually start 16 weeks later at college and make new friends and have to get out and had to get to college every day. Only then did things start turning around um, by getting out and getting on by, you know, creating a situation where he had to interact, he had to socialise. And he could then eventually see that actually he felt better when he'd got out. Uh, He made himself go bowling or he'd forced the situation and planned it with his friends to go to wherever. Um, Despite him not feeling like it, we really strongly urged for those things to happen even though he didn't particularly want a part-time job and he was nervous and he didn't particularly look forward to starting college and was terrified and you know, it was much bigger than where he was used to and he didn't know anyone, he was only one going there, he wasn't going with his friends. Once he got over the first day and the second day and it was less scary, he could see that actually he felt better than staying inside and staying withdrawn. So it's it's unfortunately, it's forcing the situation in some ways 
but then getting them to scenarios where they felt that sense of belonging. He belonged with his workmates. He got some banter and made some friends with them, some other people in his job. He got some friendships in his class at college. So there's a sense of belonging there and he'll walk into town and they'll go and get lunch together. He's definitely got that sense of belonging with his relationship. Um, Reigniting his old friendships with his old school friends and going to see them. It's a sense of belonging that he's got a purpose and a sense of belonging. Um, It's company. None of us thrive on isolation and our own internal negative thoughts. They just drag us down, all of us. I remember my grandma was, um, she became a widow when I was two months old. And in all, throughout my whole life, therefore, she was by herself. I don't remember my granddad. She was by herself. She lived in a tiny little cottage, kind of railway terrace cottage, very dark, flint small windows, very dark, very cold, very dreary house, actually, depressing dark. And you know what old folk are like? They don't believe you should have the electricity and the lights on because that costs money. And she literally, I've just remembered, she literally did have a little meter that she used to put 50p in. And so she would try and be frugal with her money because that was that generation and not have the lights on until late in the winter, late in the afternoon. So it would often be really dark and depressing and cold. She wouldn't have the fire on till later. She would definitely not have the TV on until the news, six o'clock news. And so she wouldn't watch TV during the day like we do. Um, And I think, you know, we would all visit or she would visit us at random times, but she didn't have any regular social life or regular contact. There was nothing, you know, she was a widow by herself. So there was a lot of lonely times, rightly or wrongly. You know, she would do her own washing, her own cooking, her own go on the little bicycle to the local butchers and buy her own food and things like that. So there was a lot of time by herself because my granddad had died and we'd all flown the nest and things like that. Um, and really sadly, she she got motor neurone disease and had to go into a nursing home because she was, towards the end, certainly not, well, very soon she wasn't able to walk and then she wasn't able to move her hands and we, we couldn't nurse her because we don't have the lifting, we didn't have the mechanics. I mean, it requires very specialist care and she had to go into a nursing home to be cared for because she was, towards the end, paralysed really from her neck down, couldn't move anything, couldn't blow her own nose um, or scratch her own face or anything like that. It was horrible. But she totally, totally had her mind. She knew everything that was going on. Um, She loved watching sports. She knew all the sports. There was an Olympics on at the time. I can't remember which Olympics it was, but I would go and visit her and she would know who'd won what medals. She was very, very, very switched on, very with it and completely aware of um, everything, Um, completely with it in her mind. And I have to say in those last few months, although physically she had the worst time of her life and nothing that she went through was pleasant at all, she maintained such dignity and such such acceptance and appreciation. She was so grateful to all the nursing 
um, support that she had to all the carers was so polite, so grateful, so lovely to them all, so lovely to all of us. But I have to say, I think mentally and emotionally, she was her happiest. And it sounds so weird for me to say that, so wrong to say that I think, although she absolutely hated what she was physically going through, and who wouldn't? I think emotionally she was happier than she had been possibly for years and years and years. Why? I think it's because she had company. Because there was always someone in and out of her room having to help feed her, care for her, dress her, move her, wash her. We were all visiting regularly. Um, She felt so cared for and so loved probably more so than she had done for years after losing her husband and all her family, having their own families and their own commitments, Um, that it was the, the, the thing that stayed with me most was how, when she's going through this, does she stay so upbeat? And I think on reflection, it was because she felt a sense of belonging. She she with the the carers the nurses her family her loved ones the visitors there was always someone visiting she realized how much she was loved and cared for how much she was wanted and needed and loved um and she had company and i think that just tells us how important that emotional side is. So when we look at the teenagers and how much they perhaps have missed out on in terms of other similar teams or teens, friends, groups that they should be bonding with at that time, it's crucial at their time of development to bond with people of their own age and to break away from us and to get some independence and start you know, strengthening their wings and testing the waters and, you know, pushing their boundaries just when they should have been doing all of that and evolutionary and um, hormonally and um, physically were ready to do that. The, the society constraints that were being put on them because of the pandemic was holding that back. And I think that is why we're seeing the consequences of what we're seeing now. Um, because they haven't been able to go through that developmental stage that they needed to go through at that time. So um, there's a lot there, isn't there, um, that we need to think about. Now, if this also speaks to you, I deal um, and coach adults all the time who are also struggling with direction in their career or in their life or, you know, they're unhappy and unfulfilled with their life or, you know, they want to start dating again, they're single or they want to change job, and they're single. So all of these things are the sorts of clients that I work with all of the time. There's stuff going on in their life that isn't working and isn't right for them, and they want to address it and solve it and make it better. Now, if that's talking to you, where is your sense of belonging? Because also our society, often our families, are not close to us. Physically, they may be in a different country, a different town or whatever. We may have been locked down by ourselves. Um, You may have been in London because you work there and in a flat there away from your family or in Bristol or somewhere. You may have been at uni. You may have been one of the students that had just gone to uni and then we went into lockdown. So you were locked in a house with people you didn't really know, hadn't really bonded with and all your family are back here. 
real tough times. So I would say to you, if this speaks to you, no matter what your age, where is your belonging? Who do you feel that on a daily basis with? Who are you connecting with? Um, I was dealing with a client recently who had a job, fundamentally liked the job, but was really unhappy with where they were at. And when I dug deeper, it was because it was a small company, outside work, small company, but the boss just didn't check in on them, just didn't, you know, um, didn't, how are you? You know, what are you up to? How, how, how was your weekend? How was your holiday? How was Christmas? Anything. There was no connection. There, there were a small team working outside and because of COVID, they would have to eat separately from each other, um, stay away from each other, etc. apart from the job. And the boss just was not good at checking in on all of them. How are you? How are you doing? Um, what do you need? Um, anything like that. To the point where they decided they would go to a different team elsewhere, try out a different team elsewhere. And if they liked it, they would go there. The client did decide, actually, they're much nicer crew, they're much more banter, much more camaraderie. And was saying to me in the last session, you know, the boss just comes in every day and says, you're all right? Do you need anything? How are you doing? How was, how was your game at the weekend? Or how was your holiday? Or whatever. He remembers things about them. He checks in on them. It's so simple. It's free. It's easy. It's quick. But my God, does it go a long way. And my client's sense of belonging now really enjoys the job, really enjoys the people, really enjoys the work. No different to what they were doing previously. It's just the atmosphere that the boss creates by checking in and making sure they're all all right. Small team, they all have a little bit of banter. They do sit and eat together um, now. Covid's lifting and they sit outside. They take the mick out of what food they've got or whose mum did the packed lunch for them or whatever it is. It's fun, it's laughter, um, it's banter, it's connection and it's a sense of belonging. They all feel that they belong in that company. They're all valued, they're all important, they're a key part of that team. Um, and so if you feel a bit at sea, if you feel discontented, empty, um, no direction, what am I doing? There's an emptiness, there's a loneliness or whatever. If that's how you're feeling, it may well be because of a, a lack of a feeling of belonging. Do you feel it at work or are you still working from home and have you lost that connection? Would it work? I've got numerous clients actually that are now deciding for themselves that although their company is happy with them working from home, they are actually opting to go into the office at least twice a week just to connect with other humans because they've really lost and missed that. Um, they, they don't feel that they're part of a company. They don't feel that they're all rowing in the same direction, that they're all in the same boat. They feel very isolated and, you know, they've lost something. And I think just going into the office, despite the fact that it means getting on a train and losing two hours of their working day and commuting and it's costing, etc., they gain so much more as a result and they're doing so much better because of that. Um, 
And it may well be that that's what's required at the moment, a sense of belonging, some connection, some human interaction, getting back out there. Um, And if you haven't got that, if you're in a position where perhaps you are single and it's time to get out there dating now, the lockdown's over and get back out there. It's not going to come, as I said to a client the other day, all of the things that you need and want at the moment, um, a relationship, a job where you feel a sense of belonging, um, more friendships, more sense of purpose, more sense that you're needed in this earth and that, you know, it's worth getting up for, etc. None of that, none of it is going to come and knock on your door. And it's not going to happen unless you open that door and get out there. Get out there trying new things, get out there testing the water, talking to new people, holding your head up, going to new places, smiling, talking, opening up, taking some risks, getting out there, just getting out of the house of the safety place. It's not safe at all. It's it's a, a bit like sinking mud. You're just sinking in there. Need to get out, need to get out and go and take some risks. Yeah, it's scary. It might be more scary now than ever before because we haven't done it in such a long time but just because things are scary doesn't mean they're bad for us um you know just because they're difficult doesn't mean they're wrong for us so we've got to push through all of that we've got to make it happen get out there join a team of some sort whether it's a sports team or whatever it is join a club start dating again um start activities again mix invite people around we'd gone out the habit of inviting people around but I'm trying to address that now and put dates in the diary and send invites out and um, it's very easy to plod on as it was before it's easy to just sit there watching more Netflix and more Netflix and more Netflix it's tempting um, but it's not fun and we're not making our memories and when it's not good for our health and our well-being it's certainly not good for our friendships either <laughs> so If any of this resonates with you in terms of your teenagers, if you can, as I said to this client, try and get them a part-time job, try and get them into some activities, try and get them out. Even though you will get some resistance, and of course you will, because they feel the way we do. It's easy to stay in. It's easy for us to stay in and watch more Netflix. We've got to get out, get changed, get out there, make ourselves go out there. Um, but they don't have that resilience like we do. They don't have that experience and that knowledge that will be worth it when I get out there. Um, So we've really got to encourage that, really, really try and push that along Um, and let them see the benefits for themselves. So if it's your teenagers, good luck. Um, If it's you, then then lead by example. Get out there, show them, uh, go with them, Um, enjoy it because there's so much fun to be had out there. Um, we need this now. We've been waiting so long for this. Get things in the diary, get things booked up, planned, holidays, activities, socials. Um, so go for it. Have a cracking, cracking week. Put things in the diary. Make things happen. Take risks. And if you're the boss, then check in on everybody. Just check in how they're doing. Do they need anything? Are they all right? It's such an easy thing to do, but my God, it could help you retain staff, especially if it's a small little business, small little team. If you're the leader of a small team, just it goes a long, long way. If you not just lip service of 
everything all right and then not listen to the answer. Actually make them a coffee, sit with them, um, get them a sandwich and sit at lunchtime with them, something like that. Just go that little extra mile, make sure they're all all right. Um, same with the kids, sit down and eat with them, check in on them, make sure they're all all right. We do, all of us, benefit from that sense of belonging. So enjoy it. Um, if you are at all worried about your teenager and would like some external help, because sometimes it helps somebody that's not involved, doesn't have the history, doesn't have the connection, um, can just come at it from an unbiased, unconnected, different approach. I know that myself without my son. Um, then you know where I am. Just check out the Coaching for Teenagers uh, page on my website, all the life skills and confidence workshop for teenagers. Um, if that could be of help to you or your teen or a friend's teenager, then let them know because it is a troubling uh, reality at the moment. Really, really is. So www.milestone-coaching.co.uk. Also on there, you will see a stress workshop, a time management workshop, but most importantly, a life skills and confidence workshop for adults as well, which is a long programme, which is definitely for you if you are self-doubting, if you get in your own way, if you hold yourself back, if you if you overthink, over-worry, it's for you if you want to find greater happiness, more confidence, more self-belief, if it's for you, if you want to push yourself out of your comfort zone, make changes, achieve goals, believe in you, be happier. It's for you if you just know that things aren't going the way that you want them to, both career-wise or relationship-wise or life-wise, and you are ready to make a change. You're ready to shake it all up. It's for you if you want to make a difference. And instead of repeat the same old, same old and get the same outcome, you've decided, do you know what, it's time I did something about this. Then check out the website and have a look at the workshop or one-to-one -one coaching and give me a call. So I'll repeat the website one more time, www.milestone-coaching.co.uk. Other than that, I really, really would love it if you would forward this on to anybody that you feel it could help. Share it on your social media that you've just enjoyed it and wish you a really, really good, strong and happy week ahead. I'll talk to you on the next episode of Life Coaching on the Move.